was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we've got a full house today. We've got Chris, we've got Peaches, we've got Robbie to talk all about the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Gentlemen, what's going on? Jingling. I'm <laughs> excited. Is that a... Was that is that a verb? What the fuck did you just jingling, say to me? Jingling, jingling. Yeah. It's Can a... we overlay jingle bells over this whole episode? Oh, maybe, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> just a light touch of jingling in the background. Yeah, just every once in a while, you get a little jingling. Yeah. And then I'll have a slapstick at some point, and just out of nowhere, when I was in band in high school, I was the slapstick guy. We played that every Christmas. So for four when years, when I was in high school, I was the slapstick guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, same. But then I saw this video the other day on TikTok of this this other high school band that was playing Sleigh Ride, and their slapstick guy would run in front of the band, jump in the air, and kick his feet. I and saw that. Then slap the stick. I saw oh. that, and I was like, missed opportunity. Why didn't I get to do that? Oh man, you're missing out. <laughs> it was so majestic. If you could go back to high school, is that the one thing you would change? That's what I would change. Yeah, yeah I would convince. Uh, I would convince my band director to let me frolic in front of let, the band during sleigh ride. Let me kick my heels together, <laughs> sir. So you guys ready to talk about our second holiday special of the year? Yeah. We're going to be discussing, once again, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special written and directed by James Gunn. And before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Um, yes. No, the, uh, I put this in my notes, and I might have brought this up on the Werewolf by Night special, but I'm going to bring it up again. The fact that Werewolf by Night came out before this ruined the gag of the of the Marvel Studios special presentation logo because it is so clearly a parody of the CBS special presentation logo before uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, you can tell that they came up with that idea for the Guardians holiday special, but then they're like, oh, we're going to put out Werewolf by Night. So they put it in front of that first. So I feel like the joke didn't land as well as it would have. If it had first debuted in front of this, but I I ain't mad because I like Werewolf by Night. Do not know what you're talking about. Okay, is it just me? Are you guys, I like, also don't know what you're talking. Okay, about. all right. So you know the the little special presentation logo before this. Yeah, before this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you watch Charlie Brown Christmas, there is a a very colorful logo for the CBS special presentation. Um, and for this audio medium, I am going to pull up the video and show it to my friends. Uh, <laughs> Take that, losers. CBS special presentation. Oh, it has a long logo, uh, or a long history. I'll just show this one from 1985. Oh, wow. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. got it. It's a got big it. rotating logo with a little uh, music cue that plays over it. It's very much what the Marvel Studios presentation logo is riffing on. But was that pretty much exclusively for Christmas specials? That's why you're saying that they ruined it with I th- Werewolf by I Night? I think it's most, it's most famously for Charlie Brown Christmas because 
like it is included like on like the Blu-ray version of uh, it and everything. But it's like I think that is what most people associate it with is Charlie Brown Christmas. Gotcha. Okay. In an animated sequence, a young Peter Quill is attempting to teach Kraglin about Christmas. However, Yondu gets angry and wrecks their presence, telling them to knock it off. The animation it. ends, and we cut to nowhere, revealing the story was being told by Kraglin to Mantis and Drax to tell them how, how important Christmas was to Peter. The Guardians are revealed to be now in possession of nowhere and trying to rebuild it following Thanos' attack. They realize Christmas is coming, but Nebula says they are too busy to do anything about it. A Ravager sings a song he wrote about Christmas to Quill, which dramatically mischaracterizes Santa. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's, it's so good. So good. And that should be said, I'm going to have a rating for this special at the very end of this, but the music in this is a 10 out of 10. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Like, no questions. Some of the best music in, in, in this stuff, in, in, in any Marvel property, just ever. It's just so good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, what do we got in here? I've got the lyrics. Um... Because it starts off, it it baits you into being normal. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. And then it goes into, now I'm not going to lie, that makes no sense to me. Uh, and the, the, He's a master burglar, pro at picking locks. <laughs> um, if you don't leave milk and cookies, he'll put dung in your socks. Uh, this see. isn't that far off, though. No, that's what's, that's what's close. Like, that's yeah. what's brilliant about the lyrics. Cole is the dung of caves. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots missiles at your toes. He might just roast your chestnuts <laughs> with his powerful flamethrower. <laughs> uh, he's, com- he's compelled his creepy elves to do his every wish. This was this was the 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 one I part thought was amazing. One sought to become a dentist. Now he's sleeping with the fish. Yeah, like that a, that is my favorite. That's genius. Yes. Uh, Miss Claus, she works the pool. Oh, Peter's face at that <laughs> yes. line too. He's like, yes. what? <laughs> Plans her man's demise. Soon the elves will rise. <laughs> it's amazing. Very good. Mantis tells Drax she wants to do something for Quill for Christmas, revealing she is Ego's child and therefore Quill's sister. <gasps> Forget about the Zarg nuts! Yeah. Thinking about giving him an unforgettable Christmas present, uh, Drax suggests that Quill's hero, Kevin Bacon, would be a perfect gift. <laughs> I, I love I love this. Drax and Mantis fly to Earth and explore Hollywood where they are repeatedly mistaken for cosplayers. There's a God of War reference in here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I I watched it, and I, I immediately thought of you, Eduardo. I'm like, oh, he's going to be so happy. Yeah, <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. I also really liked the GoBots reference. Yes, okay. That raises a lot of questions. <laughs> GoBots killed his cousin. Uh, am I wrong? Okay, so GoBots. Yeah, what are GoBots? GoBots are like Transformers. Are um, they like the Mega Blocks to Legos? That's how I think. Of <laughs> sort of, except in some continuities, they have shared continuity with Transformers. Oh, okay. But not always. The rights like dance around. So it's like when you use Mega Blocks in your Lego set. Uh, yeah. Okay. So like there are the um, the GoBot that he sees. I forget his name. Um, someone just said this. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Um, but that GoBot in particular, in the continuities where GoBots and Transformers coexist. Uh, that GoBot usually works with Megatron. 
Psy Kill is what he is called. CY dash kill. He fought alongside Megatron in the Transformers Gladiator Arena and the Cybertronian capital Iocon, which became Kaon after Megatron led a rebellion and took over. Um, And depending on the universe, he does different stuff, but he's always involved with Megatron somehow. Um, Transformers were once canon in the Marvel Comics universe. They don't use them anymore, but I believe... Am I wrong about that? I might be thinking of Micronauts. Um, But yeah, it just... Gobots are a thing that they recognize as real, and they killed Drax's cousin. So that... But also, they are toys on Earth, apparently. So, yeah. And if anyone wants to do any research on Gobots, I just tell you, just... Look for a robot ske- chicken sketch because that's the best GoBots com- uh, content okay. is robot chicken. Finding a map to celebrity houses, the two head to Kevin Bacon's home to try and get him to come with them. Also, this uh, they end up at like a gay bar at one point. Yes, they do, and they get wasted. Good for them. And it's it's so much fun. I I love that whole thing. Um. Huh. Um, oh, I wanted to mention Mantis's reaction to seeing the Captain America cosplayer. Uh, she just shouts Steve and gives him a big hug. I I love that the Guardians now have relationships with all the Earthbound Marvel characters, even if we haven't gotten to see much of it. The fact that yes, they do know all the Avengers and their and their friends and associates and everything. I just think that's a lot of fun. And it's finally revealed that Drax I, is a bigot. I f- I. <sighs> Guys, Wait, I feel like <laughs> you I, don't remember oh, that she, well, he, when he tries to attack the GoBot because GoBots killed oh, his cousin. Oh yeah, he hates all GoBots. And then she of that. and she's like, "Don't be a bigot." Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Don't if be I, a bigot. I don't know if I was never fun or if in between one other thing that we did and this, I became unfun. But I've had a couple people ask me what I thought about this special, and. The way that I say I enjoyed it is the opposite of what the other people seem to say every time. So could you please describe to me why you thought this middle section of the movie that took Eduardo four seconds to say what happened because it was that there were that few events that happened in this middle section of the movie. Why this was fun? Because I didn't find this section fun at all. I thought it was super boring to watch the two of them go from place to place in LA and do nothing. They spent almost three whole minutes having us a a video montage of the two of them taking photos with people. And a bunch of the people they took photos with were the same people from later in the montage. I feel lame because I feel like I I feel lame because I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle where I was neither bored nor especially entertained. Like I just, this part was fine to me. I would like to know why you said it was so fun. Because it was funny. Drax and Mantis doing goofy things on Earth. I well, enjoyed it. They didn't do goofy things. They went to a bar and they took photos with people. They did a meet and greet. These two aliens got mistaken for cosplayers, uh, cosplaying as the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they earned a bunch of money, which they then blew on alcohol um, while Mantis danced, but Drax didn't dance because dancing is for pathetic people. Um, I did really like that line. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, it's for people who are pathetic, which is even better than pathetic people, I think. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and yeah, and they got drunk, and Mantis is like, I can't believe none of our new homies know where Kevin Bacon lives. It was all wonderful. Hmm. I look, I this is a thing that we're comes up quite a bit. I love kitsch and camp, and this was just campy, kitschy fun. Uh, and the fact that these, you know, people take these superhero movies like very seriously. But just all this crazy, silly stuff gets to happen in this that you wouldn't get to devote that much time to in a movie. But in a low-stakes Christmas special, it's I just think it's fun to have some hangout silly time with these guys. Hmm. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, Flew the Borg had a cameo. That was neat. Finding a... Oh, we didn't even say. Uh, there has been a new Guardian added. Yeah, uh, Cosmo. Cosmo is now part of the Guardians, and it yeah. is now like the, Cosmo's been shown in the Guardians three trailer as well. So Cosmo is part of the team now. Yeah. Cosmo is the best, the best part of yes. this special. I loved when Cosmo talked. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. And played I think... by I'm blanking on the actor's name, but who played Borat's daughter is the voice of Cosmo. Oh, interesting. My yeah. daughter. Well, I think a couple of us have talked about this. Like we've wanted Cosmo to have a part in the MCU. Like it was. It, Cosmo was a fun Easter egg in Guardians 1. And so to finally, like, yeah, yeah, Cosmo's here. We're going to have Cosmo talk and be a character. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm very pleased. And it's interesting because, like, uh, you guys played the Guardians video game? No. Not yet. A little I bit. Have, I keep I thinking about buying it. it on yet. We have this cycle where I go, oh, shit, Eduardo, there's a Steam sale on the Guardians game. It's like 60% off. And you're like, just borrow it from me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, that's a very John Mulaney. Okay. Whatever level of PS Plus I have, it's and then, included. I just and then I don't mm. borrow it from him. And then the cycle repeats. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's a good game. I've heard that. It's good. It's good Guardians. Like, it just is. It's, it's a little jarring at first because it is close enough to our Guardians and also not that it can be a little weird at first, but once you understand sure. that they are not the MCU Guardians, it becomes a lot easier to... Kind of like the way that the characters were in that failed uh, Avengers game. I think it's a significantly more successful version of that. Yeah. 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 No, I meant the jarringness of like how different yeah, they are. But I think it's, yeah. it's they're much closer to their comic counterparts in the, the video game than they are um, oh, cool. in the MCU. Sweet. Mostly sweet. Dude. <laughs> what does mine say? <laughs> Finding a map to celebrity houses, the two head to Kevin Bacon's home to try and get him to come with them. Bacon says he can't help them and calls the police when they refuse to leave. Drax and Mantis don't take no for an answer and break into his home, chasing him around the house. See, the problem, and this is a uh, uh, a problem with sort of comedies in general, but this one is, I'm seeing it now with the notes that we have. There's not a lot of plot in this. I don't know if you guys figure that out there's not a lot of plot there's a lot of like gags and jokes and stuff and our notes can't just be listing out every gag yeah yeah so it it ends up being like oh we've just brushed over the past 10 minutes because all they did was just like do a bunch of gags in those in that time yes the comedy version of like the other ones that our notes tend to gloss over are when there is an excellent action sequence but you can't really yeah right no they fought at the airport right exactly 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 that yeah Uh, Drax and Mantis don't take no for an answer, breaks into his home, chasing him around the house. Drax subdues the cops while Mantis uses her powers to influence Bacon's mind into wanting to come with them. Uh, something I got out of this action sequence, 
mantis like leaping between the walls. Oh my god, that was so cool. Uh, yeah, I like. I didn't know she could do that, but it actually is mantis like uh, in some ways. And I hope we see that in volume three. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. There are some characters that are like super powered that you like. You don't realize are super powered. Like, and Mantis is one of those where like you meet her. And she just kind of has the like mind control stuff, and she doesn't really do any fighting the first time we meet her. Yeah. Even when we see her again, she doesn't really do like she hops on Thanos's back and like grabs onto his head to try to like get him to fall asleep. But yeah. She doesn't really fight, right? She just kind of like helps. She like assists. And in this, you see also she's kind of agile. Yeah. Like maybe she could hold her own in a fight. She just doesn't like to fight, perhaps. And she's been with the Guardians for a few years at this point, too. Yeah. So she's probably learned, picked up some fighting. Yeah. Based on that, maybe from Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she also washes her hands before she eats cotton candy and yeah. dips the cotton candy <laughs> in the water. Do you think that's how Rocket Raccoon eats cotton candy? <laughs> uh, we can Bradley pray Cooper, we find out in the next movie. We need Aww. to get Bradley Cooper voicing over an actual raccoon eating cotton candy and going, yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> On transit through space, Mantis and Drax ask Bacon about his adventures that Quill was talking about, but are disappointed to realize Bacon is not a hero, just an actor. They both become <laughs> disgusted, believing that actors are horrible people and thinking that Quill's perspec- uh, perception of Bacon was warped. Mantis uses her powers to get Bacon to act as an actual hero, so Quill will not be disappointed. I'm Batman. Well, actually, I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I love that. I love this sequence because it was just like the way they're so disgusted by acting. We hate you. <laughs> and I love when um, they get Kevin Bacon to actually show up. They go, oh, Kevin Bacon, not someone. We love him. We don't yeah. actually totally hate him. Yeah, it's Kevin Bacon. He's not a loser. He's great. We don't hate him at all. <laughs> I wrote that one down because I loved it so much. The Ravagers and Guardians decorate nowhere for Christmas and bring Quill out to the communal square where they surprise him with Kevin Bacon in a box. Horrified, Quill immediately tells Mantis... Step one, get a box. (laughs) Step two, put a Kevin Bacon in that box. (laughs) Make him open the box. Quill immediately tells Mantis to get Bacon out of the trance. Bacon, understandably, freaks out, but Quill promises to get him home. Mm -hmm. Craglin brings (laughs) Bacon to the ship to transport him to Earth and explains that Mantis and the others simply wanted to do something nice for their friend on Christmas, who was always fascinated by Bacon. Bacon decides to stay at the Nowhere for a while and performs a song at the Christmas party during which the Guardians exchange presents. Another wonderful song. Also, lyrics are kind of weird. When we are born... We are swaddled and cuddled, and then, um, and then it's Christmas time again. It's uh, hold on. Let me look up the weird lyrics again. Yeah, and was that one? I I forget if that's on the first song is an original song for this. I don't know if this one was a pre-existing song or a cover. Um, Kevin called, Bacon. Uh, made okay, it. so now it is Christmas. a pre-existing song yes. by Rhett Miller. Uh. Bro, you're downloading viruses right now. What no, are you doing? it's trying to take down my ad blocker. Oh. Uh, when we are born, we are swaddled and suckled, whispered, too fussed over, tickled and cuddled. When we we're grow up, suckled. things get we're muddled. We're not suckled when we're born. But we here suckle. it is Christmas time. We do time. the suckling. We don't get suckled. You seem upset about hey, that. Hey, man. <laughs> 
Do you want to break down how you feel about that for us, Robbie? Let me get the notepad. I just want everyone to know that it's wrong. Lay down in the chair. We can talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, so it is a song by someone else that Kevin Bacon just sings. Hmm. It's nice that Kevin Bacon gets to sing. It's nice that Kara Sedgwick gets a voice-only cameo. (laughs) (laughs) The closer. Quill asks Mantis why she sent to, she went to such lengths to make him happy, and she tells him Craglin's story about Yondu ruining Christmas. Peter says Craglin didn't finish the story and explains to Mantis how, after calling off the party, Yondu found a toy troll Quill wanted to give him as a present, and in kind gave Quill his first quad blasters. Emotional, Mantis tells Quill that she wanted to do something special for Quill and admits that she is actually his sister. A stunned Quill says that this is the best present he could think of, and the two embrace, wishing each other Merry Christmas. I loved it. It's so sweet, you know? And in the post credit scene, Rocket Raccoon and Cosmo the Space Dog, the Guardian's newest member, decorate Groot like a Christmas tree. Groot gets tired and lowers his arms, dropping all decorations. Cosmo says that Groot ruined Christmas, and Rocket remarks that now they need another special. I think this is the fastest we have ever gone through a synopsis, literally ever. Yeah. Well, it, yes. It was short. It was also, short, and there is not a lot of plot, and yeah. it's mostly gags, and yeah. it is hard yeah, to Yeah, it was just as long as Werewolf by Night. Yeah. I felt like so much more happened in Werewolf by Night. Yes. Werewolf by Night was very much, it was introducing a bunch of new characters and yes. a bunch of stuff was happening. This was yeah. hanging out with some characters we know and love yes. for Christmas time. Yes. Um, for, a, for a silly goof. Uh, also, Cosmo's delivery to Groot that he ruined Christmas is, I think, maybe one of the five funniest lines in the MCU. Just the delivery of it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Cosmo it. talks is the best time. Yeah, yes. I love Cosmo. Which is all I of would two die times. for Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, about I loved the uh the gift giving se- sequence there. First of all, we didn't really talk about it, but Swole Groot, uh, which I is know. what is happening? How they officially referred to him on set apparently. Wait, really? Swole Groot. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um. But the way he jumps up and down when he gets the Game Boy is just so pure and wholesome. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting. I'm interested to see how he got to that point because of how much of an asshole he was previously. Yeah, he's like so much nicer now than he yeah. was when he was a punk kid. Don't we all go through those? Phases? He's becoming the wholesome adult yeah. group. We're at babies, this point. and then we're emo, and then we're the, yeah. the wool. Now this and then is we're becoming the group that will when make we are born, give we are... it to a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're emo and supple. <laughs> We're what? Emo and supple. I see. I yeah. see. I see. I see. No. Supple. All right. What, uh, let's <laughs> let's let's try to add a little bit more to this because yeah. it feels like we haven't really had Please. a lot of discussion about this. I have a couple points that I but I didn't know really where to bring them up. Yeah, because it's hard to talk about this thing without talking about it as a whole and like what you think about yeah. it as like a concept and stuff. Uh, I think the donut hole. Peach, I think you know. I, I think I enjoyed this the second time. Or, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. I remember enjoying it and then... Um, I remember enjoying it and then being like, kind of like, wait, I didn't actually enjoy this as much as I thought I did. And then I watched it again and I was like, eh, it was about as much as I thought I enjoyed it the first time, but it mm. still isn't like my most enjoyed thing in the world. Um, I think the stuff with Drax and Mantis is fun if the rest of the movie or the rest of the stuff is like well done around it. But I think an entire special of the Drax Mantis stuff was maybe a little much for me. Yes. Yeah. I think I probably agree. Drax and Mantis are funny. Their hijinks are fun. 
it's weird. I feel like I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. One of the things I like about this is that it is short and it is not heavy. And so it's just something I'm going to be able to watch every Christmas season without having to invest a lot of time into. And so from that standpoint, I am happy that it is short. Also, I think that Drax and Mantis were funny. And yet, despite the two things that I just said, I don't like how much of this was Drax and Mantis versus yeah. I think the sentimental Christmas stuff was actually very well done and I enjoyed it. I think that's my main problem with it is I like the end caps of this movie. I like the song in the beginning. I like the sentiment and the gift giving and the song at the end. The middle of it, I mean, y'all might remember my feelings on Guardians 2. It's mostly that like Drax humor doesn't do it for me. And so a special where most of the humor is is Drax-related hijinks where they either don't make me laugh at all or they get a slight chuckle out of me. And Mantis kind of follows suit. Like, I don't think Mantis fully has Drax's same sense of humor, but the two of them have pretty similar delivery of their humor. It's not like, there's like no juxtaposition. There's like, when you have Quill in the group, his humor is very different from both of theirs. When you have... The two serious, you have Gamora or Nebula in the group. They're very serious. They don't really make jokes. So there's lots of juxtaposition. But you get these two characters that have this very strange, for me, mostly hit or miss type of humor, and you center the special around it. I don't, that's why I felt like the middle section was so boring. I don't need to watch them take 45 photos with, with people who think they're cosplayers, and I don't need to watch them get drunk at a bar and, I, like I didn't find that interesting and when they were trying to make jokes I didn't find them that funny because it's Drax humor you know I like I, I I don't know I think the sections of the movie that dragged maybe didn't affect you guys as much as they affected me because that's what I was taking most of these things that we review for the podcast I intentionally go out of my way to watch more than once and Last night when I was watching um, the Santa Claus, I was like, yeah, this was a good refresh. Now I guess I should watch the Guardians holiday special. You know what? I'd rather not. I This is one of the first things that I decided not to wow. watch another time because I just didn't want to. Wow. And I think as far as things, you guys are saying that maybe you'll add this to your holiday rotation. I've got enough holiday movie. I don't need another one. It's nice to have other movies to add to the rotation, but this is not something I'll want to watch again. I think I'm with you. I don't think I want to watch. This is not going to be something that I add to my holiday rotation. Yeah, like I've got plenty of other stuff that is nonsensical in a fun way, like Jingle All the Way to watch. I'll watch that twice before I watch this once. See, part of it is it's it's so short that it will not be hard for me to find time for. Yeah, it's a lot easier to fit in than a time is time. hour and a half, two hour yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's short. It's, what, 40-something minutes? But that's 40-something yeah. minutes you could spend watching paint dry. <laughs> yeah, but I could actually watch this very, very good holiday special instead. Right. So. I don't think we're talking about the same thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, you must have some really amazing paint. <laughs> Wow, now we're making Drax jokes over here. Are you going to change your score to like actually be a bad score then instead of this decent score you gave it? 
Chris, since apparently you hate it. Chris, why are you writing so hard for this holiday special? Well, yeah, because I'm it was good. About that too. Yeah, I'm why, with Chris. I liked it. I why are you, guys you to, shitting on it no, so much? No, no, no. I expected you guys to think it was good. I yeah. didn't expect you to think it was like the best thing you've ever seen. Well, I didn't say that. You, Based on your rating that you're going to say later, it's the best thing you've ever seen. That's not true. I've given <laughs> things higher scores than this. You've given specials. two things higher scores than this. Okay. <laughs> You realize okay. that, like, it's not the same, like, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. If I'm not scoring it based on, like, if you want me to give it a score based on comparing it to I just scrolled down to your scores. Both of you are insane. That's I what I'm saying. I, okay. No way. If I gave it a I, score compared no to Endgame, it would hey, be different. Hey, God, it's yeah, like, okay, you rated scores Captain Marvel a nine. anyway, okay? I'm scoring it I gave Let There Be Carnage Bass. a 10. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right? All these things. Ten means something different for everything. It's all subjective <laughs> bullshit anyway. <laughs> You're both. It got it. bumped up half a point because I love the song at the beginning. I felt like I wasn't as far as where Peach is. And after seeing your scores, I feel like I need to like <laughs> run as far away from the two of you as possible <laughs> because I am not there with wow, you. Wow, something reminiscent of our Guardians 2 episode. <laughs> wow, the Guardians right. special. That's right. <laughs> Robbie and I with the good that taste. In, in two years, Eduardo's <laughs> going to come back and go, wait a second, I do like this. Turns out <laughs> turns out, this was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think I'll feel that way. Okay, well. I'm maybe exaggerating a little that I would never watch this again. Yeah, I think I, so. I, I would like Seven to. Seven out of ten isn't almost as fun as paint drying. No, I, yeah, I would. <laughs> Spoilers. I, I would watch it again, but I... I don't know. I paint drying eight point five. Eight point five. Do not get do not get with him about exaggerating scores. You were like, I've I've rated plenty of things higher than nine point five. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, let there He's be like carnage. Over here, like you yeah, need to stop exaggerating. Game, the two greatest movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this humor is funnier than Drax humor. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm ha- I'm laughing more at this interaction than I am at him going Zarg nuts. <laughs> the humor comes from Mantis yelling back. <laughs> I will say also one thing we haven't talked about that I saw in your notes is you haven't talked about all the important MCU reveals. Yeah, there is a, there this. are a shocking number of actual lore drops in this and that Mantis is Quill's sister. <laughs> Yo, hot new lore just dropped. The the collect the collector is alive. And he sold them nowhere. And Nebula Nebula was overtaken by the Christmas spirit, went to Earth, beat up the Winter Soldier, and took his arm. So I guess uh, Thanos just didn't kill the Collector then? Yeah. That appears to be the case. Thanos, very deliberately in Infinity War, doesn't kill unless he has to or if he's doing his 50% purge. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's mo- I think it's very likely that he Thanos showed up and the collector just peaced out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably likely. Also, is this Do we think he took Bucky's arm or do we think Bucky got a new one and he got yeah, the Yeah, I'm model? curious about like is Bucky just roaming around Earth like, well, this sucks. I'm I'm excited <laughs> for Thunderbolts <laughs> well, they're, they're, cuz they're going to have to deal with this now. <laughs> There's probably going to be some quick line like after we got Bucky his new arm like I love the idea of someone have, writing a movie having to wait. I have to do what? Because James Gunn did what in yeah. the Christmas special? <laughs> On his way out the door to hated. DC, he's like, by the way, uh, Nebula stole Bucky's arm. You know what? In the spirit of 
Chris telling me I rated this too high for my thoughts. I'm going to take a point off. Okay. As you should. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's so funny. You haven't said anything good about it, so like... <laughs> So, I did. I said I liked the beginning and the end and okay. the giving spirit at the end. Fair. And I liked the songs and I liked the sentiment. I just thought the middle section was super boring to watch. I can also say, and this is a take that comes from Bailey, and it is a take that disagrees with Chris. Oh, yeah. So here I, we go. I will specifically disagree with this. Anyway. Uh, this feels like maybe the most low-budget thing Marvel has ever done. And it, you're going to say that it is intentional. Because it is. And there is no part of this that feels like an, an intentional holiday trope, except that it is, one, a holiday special, and two, that it clearly looks like it has a bad budget. It's He has said, James Gunn has said multiple times that his inspiration for this was the Star Wars holiday special, which is about as cheap and weird of a cash in as you can get. Good. So, so you have to listen to the to the James uh, Gunn interview to understand the well, context Well, when it of this starts out with crappy rotoscoped it. animation, that tells you exactly what you're in for. We didn't even know what that was, Chris. Wait, who's we? You and me. We didn't know what the, the intro... I just thought it was their new oh, yeah. Marvel presentation. I had no well, clue. Well, no, I'm, I'm, talking, it, I'm talking about the, the animated sequence it's where, where Yondu shouts, right? I hate Christmas. Oh, right. yeah, that's the, the actual to be, animated part. Yeah, that animation is supposed to be a Rankin and Bess yeah, that's, um, homage, right? Yeah. yeah, it's either that or like the Boba Fett animation from the Star I Wars thought that was, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. part that's what was that fine is. because that was yeah. a, it was a story and a flashback and that had like a Christmas special spirit of being it's like also bad the, animation. It's sure, also the whatever. only Marvel thing they've produced that is not widescreen letterboxed. It is full screen. Like it is very much like more than uh, except for like certain sections of WandaVision. It is shouting I am a television special. Now, how many people have seen the Star Wars Christmas special though? Me. But it do you, is, but but would you say of the Star Wars content it's something that a lot like people outside of the fandom have just seen. because it is infamous like like it is famous for being a cheap <laughs> can't be fa- that famous if 50 percent of us have no idea okay well, well no that's what i'm now, that's what i'm getting at just because you don't get the reference doesn't mean that it's well that's the thing though is that if marvel is doing this thing to this wide audience which they are they have this holiday special that's supposed to appeal to all of these people and they're doing a very specific reference to something that lots and lots and lots of the people will not understand then you have to take it for what it is which is it looks low budget and not very good and if that's the intention that's fine but there's nothing that like spells out yeah. that this is their intention what that they this are- reminds me of is the uh the choice by disney to do that pre-show for flight of passage where they they intentionally <laughs> said no the story is that this scientist just has no clue what's going on okay. and you can uh fly yeah. now great pre-show yes yeah, send it full send, <laughs> full send. yeah everybody <laughs> needs to see this i am going to say that while i disagree with eduardo i can actually understand an angle of this, which is it's kind of like Dino Land USA in Animal Kingdom, which is an excellent execution of a theme that you don't necessarily have to like. And in my case, That's I don't fair. actually. That's fair. For those who have not been there, Dino Land USA is seemed to be a roadside attraction. Um, it has a lot of deep lore going on. It is fantastic in its execution of what it's trying to be. What it's trying to be, however, I don't personally think is very interesting or entertaining sure. in an amusement park. 
Okay. Fair. So from that standpoint, I actually understand, I think, where Eduardo was coming from. It's just for me, I actually do like this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that that I will get. Okay. Yeah, I, I will give you that because I got what it was going for and I loved it for it. Yeah. If you get what it was going for but don't like yeah. that it's going for yes. it, then you're not going to like that. So, so that's, that's, that, that is fair. I think that, that this was a good execution of something fair. that I can fully understand if someone doesn't actually enjoy. Yeah. But I, I will also say, friend of the show, Bailey, also brought up that it seems very obvious that they centered most of their time around the two cheapest actors. And I think she's probably right on that. My, took my me out theory a bit. is that they don't have as much to do in the third movie. So they're like giving them their moment here so that movie three can be more about Rocket. That's a nice thought. I would like you to be right. We'll see. Yeah. I have other... I want to talk to you guys about that trailer, too, because I am, am inferred nothing from that trailer, and you guys went ham in the group chat about like all the things you thought might happen, and I was like... Yeah, Rocket's dying. Yeah, the only thing I think I got was that Rocket is going to die. <laughs> Why do you think that? Well, one, he's in a hospital bed at one point. Uh, two, uh, this uh, we've known for a while that this is supposed to be about Rocket. Yep. Um, oh, we do? Yeah. Yeah. This and third the amount one of time they spend Rocket. on rocket emotion they are not like going to introduce a nice little otter friend for him and then kill him and that's not me predicting that's me being really sad if they do that yeah i want them to be pals uh <laughs> it's his girlfriend in the comics right i believe so. the otter yeah i think so do we know who's playing the otter no i, I think this is actually the first confirmation we've gotten <laughs> you think this otter is going to be the next lola bunny oh god not again <laughs> Don't ever call me doll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you guys are predicting. I don't remember exactly who said what, but I feel like between everyone in the group chat, at some point, they're like, everyone in the Guardians is going to die. Well, I think, (laughs) here's what I think, because I'm the one that said that. Uh, I think that this is the last movie we're going to see with these Guardians. I do not think we get the, the this group of Guardians anymore the way that it looks now. There's a chance that a couple of them stick around, which is what Chris said. Mm. But I think that as a whole, this Guardians group is done with the MCU. Yeah, this makeup of the team is no more. I think right. that some of them will still be around. Um, and I think there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy team, but it's not going to be this core group of people anymore. Which is how it is in the comics. The Guardians yeah. is a rotating cast And it's, of it's the same thing that's happened to the Avengers throughout the, the years. Absolutely. Makes sense. Both and I guess three movies. three movies is about where people are like, all right, I don't yeah. necessarily need to do this anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Well, and I, I'm interested to see some of the characters that are going to bring in. It is an absolute crime that we have had three Guardians movies and the entire core has been there and we have yet to introduce Nova. It is, yeah. it is an Absolute crime that we haven't had Nova yet. Is Nova, Nova is a guardian. Nova has been part of the Guardians before, but he's oh, he's yeah. very closely tied to the Guardians. Yes, yeah. Gotcha. Him and Peter Quill are like best friends. When after Guardians one, I just assumed, oh yeah, they're setting up to have Nova. Same. Yep. Yeah. And it feels like Adam Warlock is like sort of. I know Adam Warlock is also heavily associated with the Guardians as well at times, but it feels like Adam Warlock is going to end up taking that like place of Nova. Is the Nova core in the comics and is separate from Nova? So Nova is a member of the Nova core. Oh, but think just... of it like the lanterns. Right. So he think is of it yeah. like the Green Lanterns. Oh, okay. So he is like an elf in elves. 
Nova in the Nova Corps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's also, but he's like stronger than the rest of the Nova Corps. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I know that if you murder his card, he gives everybody plus one power. Yes, he does. He's just a cool <laughs> character, and I, I want to see them use Nova. I think yeah. Nova's cool. Hmm. There have been rumors that there's a Nova thing in development. I so hope so. I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, it can't be worse than anything that's happening over in DC. Uh, <laughs> good God. Can we talk about they that? They told someone it was going to be Nova, and then they said, never mind, you're not going to be Nova. Absolutely uh, insane stuff is happening in oh DC, and I'd love to talk to you guys about it for a second. Uh, speaking can't. of James Gunn. Uh, James <laughs> yeah. Gunn, if you guys don't know, is the new head of DC. Uh, he, We found out a few months ago that Henry Cavill was going to be coming back as Superman, and now... Henry Cavill will not be coming back as Superman, uh, and they will instead be doing a young Superman movie and basically rebooting their entire DC universe. Yeah, it's interesting because they're rebooting their universe. What does that say about the movies that are in production, finishing production, just came out or yeah. are about to come out? It's it's really interesting because it it does look like it's probably the end of the line for these movies, but we don't necessarily a hundred percent know that yet. And with one of the movies coming out being Flash, they could choose to do some kind of weird rebooty thing that, you know, keeps the movies that are profitable like Aquaman and Shazam and gets rid of the ones that aren't. Hmm. Just really sad because I think the second Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman movie was awful. And Mm -hmm. the first one is actually pretty decent. Except for that, the final third act. Two thirds of that first Wonder Woman movie is really good. Yeah, the the third act of the first Wonder Woman isn't so great. I actually I didn't mind Wonder Woman eighty four as much as everybody else does. Really, so that might tell Man, you that movie just that tells you where I'm coming from on this. Maybe I don't know. And I love Pedro don't, Pascal. And yeah. let me tell you, I really didn't like that movie. Yeah. See, for me, it, it, so it seemed like it was a what if we made uh, like it's not perfect by any means, and it's definitely not as good as the first one. I don't think it's as bad as its reputation suggests. I I feel like in this kind of like with the Dino Land thing, I feel like they were going for what if they had made a Wonder Woman movie in 1984? And your mileage may vary on whether or not that was a good decision uh, to make while making that movie. Parts of it worked better than some other parts. Uh, some of it was weird. I only watched it the one time when, you know, I was at the height of cabin fever in the early lockdown. So, like... <laughs> I feel like though, how much I as, hate 80s if, if you're a DC fan, I feel like you have to trust that James Gunn will do something good because did they not watch the, his Suicide Squad movie? That movie was great. Well, here's the thing, and I think you can agree that James Gunn is a good movie director. He's a good writer. Yeah, I think it is fine to have some trepidation to think, can James Gunn lead an entire movie universe? Does he know about others' strengths enough to let other people head up projects and still and not be as hands-on? Because Kevin Feige is not... Kevin Feige, his strength is not that he like is good at writing stories or good at like stuff like that. He knows how to put the right people in the right places yes. to create a good, a good narrative. And then you know, have little things here for the the overarching narrative, sure. Yeah. But yeah. as far as like the actual movies that people are going to watch, he knows how to get the right people into the right places, the right actors, things like that. Um, does James Gunn have that? I think that's yet to be seen. Yeah, I sure. I think my instinct is that he is smart enough to know that, you know, not every DC movie that comes out is should look like a James Gunn movie. And I think he's smart enough to know that there are directors and writers out there who have you know, skills and styles that are different from his that are good. So I I have 
full faith in him to try that. Uh, you know, and, and it's just a matter now of seeing how effective he is as a as an executive producer in that sense. Um, I am excited as much as I did want Henry Cavill back as Superman, even though I'm not a big fan of really any of the Snyder movies. I liked Henry Cavill and wish that he had gotten a go at a decent Superman movie. Uh, so I am sad to see him go, especially after, you know, being told that he was coming back. Yeah, he feels um, like one of those people that's like ideal for the role he was set yeah. in. He just didn't have yes. the rest of the universe around him built very well. Yeah, that's well. the weird exactly. thing is that Henry Cavill ends up having to play this like dark and gritty Superman when Superman is not dark and gritty and Henry Cavill is not dark and gritty. Yeah, it's he, like you set up the perfect thing and then didn't do it. Yeah, He could play a perfect, hopeful, good Superman like like my ideal Superman and like play to perfection. He landed on his feet with that Warhammer gig. He's uh Well, you up. you say that he doesn't do gritty, but he plays the Witcher pretty well. He plays no, uh no, no. Geralt pretty well. I'm not well. saying he can't. I'm saying that's not his Superman nature. Like oh. he is a very uh what's the word I'm looking for? He's um, like a sexy? No. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> Char- charming. Kissable. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> There's a reason his name comes up for James Bond a lot. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, like he could be a char- uh, he's a he's a handsome, charming, witty guy. Yes, you know he's a yeah. gaming nerd too. Sure. Yes, oh yeah. All right. Okay. All right. And he's I, a barbecue. I agree nerd with now, all too. of you, but give me what is Henry Cavill's best performance? The Witcher. And why is it such a good performance in The Witcher? Uh, I guess because everything about The Witcher is good. <laughs> because he doesn't actually have that much to say in The Witcher. Because in The Witcher, he gets to say almost nothing, and it's his best performance because of how little he does. I don't hmm. know if Henry Cavill has the acting chops to pull off the nuance that we need from somebody to play Superman. Hmm. And I think that while we have really wanted to give Henry Cavill a chance, I don't know if Henry Cavill ever actually proved that he was a good Superman or we all just really liked the idea of Henry Cavill playing Superman. Like that, I mean, hmm. that could be the case. I, I I will say I'm very excited for a James Gunn written Superman movie. I'm excited to see anyone yeah. who actually likes Superman to write a Superman movie. That's the weird yeah. thing. Maybe the yeah, that's a bigger deal. Like at worst, the second or third at worst, the second or third most famous and popular comic book character in the world has never had anyone who likes him do his movies. Yeah. Like, what's that about? Hey, was it you that was saying that um, Cheaty from The Good Place should play Superman? Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean, if- it was either him, Superman, or him as Reed Richards. Yeah, Reed uh, Richards which is what I'm rooting there for. There is a rumor right now that they are gonna that they are looking at Diego Luna to play Reed Richards. Interesting. And oh. I I could fuck with that. Okay. I could really I could see Diego Luna playing a good Reed Richards. Okay. Uh, I think also Cheaty though would be a perfect Reed Richards. Yeah. It should be Cheaty as Reed and well, Diego as Johnny Blaze. There or Johnny Storm, not Johnny I believe Blaze. it's confirmed that um, William Jackson Harper has a role in an upcoming Marvel project. Huh? Is that uh, the one that, is that Elvis? No, that's 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 Cheaty. What are you talking oh, about? Oh Cheaty. Yeah. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, William Jackson. All I know Harper. him. All I know him as is Cheetah. That's Gundam. fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that actor is appearing in something, and it feels like the kind of thing where if they wanted to do a stealth Reed Richards intro, it could be. Bro, I'd I'd lose it. I think he mm-hmm. would be a perfect Reed Richards. So if he's Reed, yeah. who's Sue? 
Just we already talked about this. Yeah, we already said Kristen Bell. I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did it. Kristen Bell. Oh yeah, uh, it's the Good Place cast. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Jason Mendoza is going to be the human, uh, the the Human Torch. We got um, uh, Titania as <laughs> as the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Ted Danson is Doctor Doom. That's right. Uh, that's, that's right. right. That's sorry. right. I just wanted. I guess I just wanted to hear us say it again because yeah. it sounds so cool. And Janet's going to be there too, but I don't know what she's doing. Do you think? Uh, you think a imagine a Not world a where Cheedy and uh, Kylo Ren are opposite each other as Reed Richards and Doctor Doom? Oh, there we go. Your wife would lose it. <laughs> I would correct. Lose. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah, I I think that'd be really cool. We've gotten we've gotten yeah, we've gotten a little off topic. Hey, hey man, okay. you guys on that couch, uh, how good is this special that we just spent the last twenty five minutes not talking about it? <laughs> For the record, <laughs> I have very little to say about this special that I liked very much. Yeah, I've already said all the things I like, and I don't want to fight about them. I'm just trying so. to get back into the spirit of the Guardians okay. episodes. Spirit of fighting <laughs> is the spirit <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. We've already yelled about our ratings, but should we give them formally and name our MVPs? Yeah, well, let's do our MVPs. Yeah. So, Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, my MVP is Mantis, but specifically whenever she's angry at Drax. <laughs> <laughs> Most uh, of the time. <laughs> I'll go next. I think it's also Mantis. I think Mantis, it's her best performance in the Guardians universe. I yeah. think it, I is agree her, with that. it is her most emotional performance that she's and it's not her fault. It's just she's been hasn't been given a lot to do. And yes. I think she does her best job here. Does the humor always work for me? No, but I do think that the heartfelt moments do. And her commitment to the character I really enjoy. Peach, what about you? Yeah, I agree that it's nice that Mantis finally got to have some time. Um but I <laughs> Cosmos in this movie. So <laughs> like <laughs> How do I not vote for the dog? Come on, Cosmo. It's I, w- Cosmo. I won't. I won't argue with you on that. Yeah, like for sure. how cute. It's Cosmo. I don't need to elaborate. Yeah. This is the the least elaboration I've ever had to do on an MVP. Robbie, yeah. that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm the same. It's Cosmo. <laughs> Cosmo. It's great to finally see Cosmo doing something in the MCU and. And the uh, the delivery of every single Cosmo line is fantastic. <laughs> I, I wish there was I, more Cosmo. I'm really hoping that you know we do get the Scarlet Witch back eventually because I need Cosmo and Wanda together. It should. Oh yeah, that's true. It should have been Cosmo and Mantis that went on the trip to get Kevin Bacon. That would have been really good. I would have liked that more. <laughs> or maybe they just should have had. It should have been th- all three of them. Bring the dog. Robbie, did you give yours? Yeah, it's Cosmo. Ratings. Robbie, we'll start with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I am not rating this on a scale of MCU films. I am rating this on a scale of Christmas specials. And because of my love of Christmas specials, I'm going to give it nine candy cane men out of ten. You dropped half a point, you coward. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I changed my mind talking about it. I I thought it was fun. Uh, I didn't think it was quite as fun as the two of you but i thought it was fine uh i thought it was pretty middle of the road though so i'm gonna give it uh uh seven zark nuts out of ten what about you peach yeah i've i've already aired my grievances on this uh it's not quite the right day for airing grievances but maybe by the time some people listen to this it will be <laughs> um so i gave it six little funny men out of ten uh chris 
Go ahead. <laughs> I'm giving it 9.5 disgusting actors out of 10, and you're lucky I didn't take the point five that he dropped and tack it on. Just ah, you. <laughs> you do whatever you want with his half point. I don't care. <laughs> I also took a, a point off because you told me I rated it too high. Then so. 11 disgusting <laughs> actors out of 10. Yeah, take all of our misfit points. <laughs> We're on the island of misfit points. <laughs> What a what an unnecessarily contentious episode this has turned out to be. <laughs> I think we fought harder about this than we did about you, Multiverse of Madness, and we all liked it well enough. You say unintentional, but it's like the Guardian's thing. It's like yeah. what we do. You know, we're all daddies here. You know, there is really... no episode that people have talked to me about in real life more than the Guardian's two episodes. Yeah. Same people definitely talk to me about the stuff we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not. I have been that with is, you. I have been I know. with you at Universal City Walk Orlando as someone talked to you about the Guardians two episode. I know you true. have. That is true. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to shout out Adam and Taylor. <laughs> just shout out to Adam and Taylor who, are, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> so you know, next June. Well, Adam's well, probably going to listen to this one right away. Yeah, he watches out of order. And he'll get to this point and make Taylor listen to it. Yeah. Taylor is the, the organized one of the two. Yeah. That tracks. At least as far as listening to podcasts go. I don't know about the rest of their life. <laughs> what about as far as giving recommendations? Recommendation jingle. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Who wants to go first with our recommendations? I need Chris to go before me. I'll do some recommendations. All right. All right. So uh, tis the season. Um, tis. I'm, I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm so happy right now. And <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, uh, I recommend lying. <laughs> I would like to recommend um, some of my favorite Christmas specials that I like to watch every year and, uh, and a couple of Christmas albums. So real quick... Um, Probably my all-time favorite is the original animated uh, "How the Grinch Stole Christmas." Um, I won't. I won't speak to the other adaptations. Uh, if you Good. enjoy them, that's fine. Um, but uh, for me, they knocked it out of the park the first time. Uh, I love that animated one with Boris Karloff as the narrator, Thor Ravenscroft singing the song. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It's great. Uh, Got to give a shout out to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and a Charlie Brown Christmas and Muppet Christmas Carol. The full version of which is now on Disney Plus. I don't know if you knew this. Short version of the story is Jeffrey Katzenberg made them cut a song out of the movie uh, after its initial release, and it's been missing from the movie since that initial release. And they finally restored it and added it back to Disney Plus earlier this month. So that's neat. Huh. And um, okay, but the song is bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is. It is like the slower, saddest, sadder song. Hmm. So uh, Katzenberger's argument was that it slowed the movie down brian henson the director his argument was that it was necessary for all of scrooge's you know transformation mm. but i think what we can all agree on is that michael kane is like a perfect ebenezer Scrooge. i'm ready to talk about this um i will are we gonna argue some more is that no what's about to no we're I, not gonna argue i'm gonna real quick just shout out my two christmas albums real quick the charlie brown christmas album uh, the soundtrack of charlie brown christmas special um if I could only listen to one Christmas album every year, it would be that one. Um, and then uh, I'm going to recommend the Bare Naked Ladies holiday album, Bare Naked for the Holidays. And I um, recommend Bare Naked Ladies. I 
I recommend being bare naked on the holidays. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I like this one because it is uh, it is the perfect mix of silly and sentiment all in one album. Uh, so there are like you know some serious songs and there are some really goofy ones, and it's just a fun time. I'm done. So Chris took mine, so I'm gonna stall. But while I point out part of what makes them up at Christmas Carol so amazing, you brushed on it is Michael Caine. Like that's if you have never heard. What makes it amazing is that I think is absolutely one of the truly greatest performances, like not in a Christmas movie, in anything ever. Um, it, it, it's so Michael Caine was asked to be Ebenezer Scrooge in the Muppet Christmas Carol. And for anyone that doesn't already know the story, and he said, basically, sure, I'll do it. But I'm going to play it completely straight. I will not be acting as though there are puppets. I will be acting as though this is on stage. This is truly in the Dickensian spirit and you know I am acting with other high serious performing actors and that makes it just amazing because he's delivering these lines like he's doing theater and then next to him is Gonzo (laughs) yes so and as a kid as a kid I thought it was cool that there were Muppets but I didn't really understand like oh my god this is this is amazing. Like as an adult, I get it. Okay, this is hilarious. Like this is this is one of yeah. the funniest things. And there need to be more Muppet Treasure Island sort of do that, but I really wish we had more of that. We had more of the Muppets doing something where there is someone serious and then a bunch of Muppets. Yeah. And I just <laughs> the movie takes the story a hundred percent seriously mm-hmm. while also being very funny mm-hmm. um, and with good music too, and it's just so good. And it, I think it's. Great that that was the choice that Michael Caine made, and it was the choice that the filmmakers wanted as well. Because like when he said that, they're like, "Yes, that's what we want." Because uh, I saw this recently. I was kind of going around. There's a a photo of the first page of one of the early drafts of the Muppet movie screenplay, the original Muppet movie, and it just it's like a short little paragraph that explains that it would be strange in our world if you were to come across a talking bear and a talking frog in a car in the world of the Muppet movie nobody thinks that's strange and that's that's the same philosophy they took with this is that you know the people and the Muppets coexist and it's not a weird thing it's not like oh it's weird that these rats work for the for Ebenezer Scrooge it's just how it is and they take it seriously so they can you know they tell the story in a very effective way and also it's funny because they're Muppets so since I'll I'll recommend something additional because Muppets Christmas Carol was actually going to be my recommendation. I'll recommend Home Alone because Chris did not say that. And Home Alone ages just fine. Yes, the parents are toxic, but Home Alone ages Which? just fine. And John Which Home Alone is better. Home Alone, the first one. You think it's better than two? Yes. Anyone else have any opinions on that? No. I've barely watched either of them. What? It's been it's been a while. Uh, also, yeah, it's banned. And John Williams is, of course, an amazing part of Home Alone. Oh yeah, that's true. I will also recommend. Uh, while I've got you, I'll recommend that Mario Kart Eight just added eight new expansion uh, courses. One of them is Christmas themed, hmm. so that's amazing. Um, I will recommend being nice to your friends and family on the holidays because we don't actually have to fight. Uh, and finally, <laughs> I will recommend the Venture Brothers <laughs> Christmas special. Which is actually a yeah, very, very gotta good always Christmas find a special. way to recommend. What the do you Brothers? rate the advent? The oh, it's a ten. <laughs> okay, yes. it's, there's it's a ten. There's the sliding scale. Yes. Yep. it no, has Krampus. Don't. 
Oh, that hey. doesn't make anything good. Okay, uh, I will slide in and beat Eduardo to recommending Andor. Haha. <laughs> but I also I think you've already recommended Andor on the show. Yeah. I think this is, and you might have already recommended Andor on the show. I think Eduardo and I both did. Well, listen. And I agreed. I am I am going to just slap the button also because it was very good. Um, I definitely had one of those like snowball moments where I was like, okay, this is good. I'll watch the next episode. Oh, that was pretty good. I'm going to definitely keep watching the next episode. Shit, it's three in the morning, and I know I shouldn't press play, but if I don't, I'm going to keep laying here and staring at the ceiling because I have to know what happens next. It's crazy because <laughs> one of the things Andor does so well is that it is so completely different than anything else Star Wars has ever yeah. done. It is so in its own thing. It's incredible. I and mean, I know, I know, I don't want to argue about more things, but this is that feeling is what makes me like Rogue One so much. Is it, that it's so it's telling a story that has to do with the Star Wars universe, but it doesn't beat you down with this is a Skywalker. This is a this is a bunch of stuff you already know. It's like its own new thing. I mean, that's David S. Pumpkins. That's what makes that's why I like season one of Mando so much. Yeah, was that it was its own removed and, thing. And, and why Andor felt like, like you just said, I agree with all of that. Andor was like if both. Star Wars was also sure. if it, what if Blade Runner took place in the Star Wars universe? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like yes. what Andor yes. is, and I, it is it so felt good like for Ridley it. Scott doing Star Wars. You know yeah. Absolutely. You know what touch I really liked about Andor was that every intro screen had a slightly different musical feel to it. Yeah, there was in the. I won't spoil plot points for for listeners that haven't watched it yet. But in the middle of the season, the stuff that's going on there, the intro music was synth wavy. Near the the final episode, it was like a marching band playing it. Um, they're just every episode had its own unique uh and I don't know if it's it's twelve episodes. I don't know if it's twelve unique intro songs, but enough of them are different that you f- you start to notice it, and I think that was a really cool clip and also that show is so pretty, yes, I think it is so pretty yeah this i I'm sure that that I don't need to establish that this is me saying a lot. I think Andor is the best looking Star Wars anything the, like, I don't, the thing I that happens being ironic when i say this i think a close uh one i would give to rise of skywalker yes. only oh, absolutely. in visuals absolutely. alone yeah. yeah 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 sure the scene that happens in the sixth episode the the whole plot of the sixth episode uh and at the end when that thing is happening is one of the prettiest things i've maybe looked at period yeah it was it's gorgeous um and then the aesthetics of the stuff that happens after that, when it starts to get synth wavy, that's also really pretty. It's kind of messed up, but it's really pretty. Um, another recommendation I'll have, though, since we've already, this is just like a plus one for Andor, is more of like a PSA than a recommendation, because one other thing I've watched in between our recordings is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. And I chose to watch that, I chose to prioritize that over watching Wednesday. And I think maybe that was a mistake. So this is the PSA. Um, if you're a big Guillermo del Toro fan, maybe you'll like it just fine. For me, um, it is a it's a series where none of the episodes are connected. It's eight episodes. They're all short stories. Horror is the, I guess, main theme of. I mean, it's Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, so like, duh. 
but they are very hit or miss. They were they were very hit or miss for me. I I ended up liking fifty percent of them. Four of the episodes were mm. great. Four of them were like, I wish I had this time back. Um, one thing that they all have in common, speaking of things that are pretty, is that they're pretty. the 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 visuals in them are all very well done. But there's like in every episode there is like an actor that is like, oh, I can't believe you got that person. Um, in one of the episodes I liked, Crispin Glover is is in the episode. Um, the guy that voices Conchu is in. Uh, a- oh, F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham is in one of the episodes. Um, Rick from The Walking Dead randomly is in one of the episodes. It's uh, Christmas, so it's a guy from Love Actually. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because um, it's Christmas. <laughs> so this is more of a PSA than a recommendation. If you wanted to know the specific episodes I like, I, I'll, I'll tell you them in the Discord or something. But, you know... I haven't watched Wednesday yet, but maybe pick Wednesday over Cabinet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Eduardo. I, I'm going to recommend a few things since um, I'll say now this is probably the last episode you'll hear for the year besides for not, besides our bonus episode. Um, and we'll probably take a little bit of a break because we've got lots of Christmas stuff going around, so you probably won't hear us until maybe the second week of, of January. Um, so I'm going to recommend a few things. I'm going to recommend Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is a new video game that came out a couple weeks ago. It is a, a game centered around, uh, like the, the title says, the Midnight Suns, um, and it is a card-based tactics game. So think Fire Emblem or XCOM, but instead of you always having a static set of attacks, you have a deck of cards for each of your 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 people and then you draw a hand of all of them so like you just kind of shuffle all three of them together because you have three people um and then you draw cards from those decks and they're very interesting systems um i think that the game like half the game is really really good and the other half it's going to be your mileage may vary so the actual fighting the combat the card mechanic tactics part of the game is incredible it is so cool. It is so fluid. A lot of the combos that you get to do are really cool. You can knock people into like different environments. You can do all kinds of fun stuff, you know, combine different powers. All of that is really cool. There is another very large section of this game that is almost like uh, think Fire Emblem Three Houses or Persona Five. The games. dating sim part, right? Yeah, but there's no dating. Yeah. It's all about like friendship levels. So it's about you like on your off time hanging out with other members of the Midnight Suns. So like you go, you do a mission, you come back and then you go and go to the bar and have a drink with Blade or nice. you play video games with Danny Rand or you do, uh, you do stuff like that. <laughs> um, not Danny Rand. Uh, I meant um, homie from, uh, from Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, and so that is another very large part of it. And if you don't like that, it's a big enough part of the game that you might not like the game. Mm. Um, so I think... You can't like skip through it quickly. You like have to do it or you won't be strong enough. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I think it is super... I think it's a really cool game um, and there is a lot to like there. I personally really like all of that stuff. I think it's very cool. Um, but you know, I could see why if you don't 
jive with some of those more heavy RPG elements um, that you wouldn't like that. I will also say, if you don't like, um, or if you do like some of the characters in here, like I did, um, you can go and read uh, a comic that I just read recently, which is All New Ghost Rider, uh, starring Robbie Reyes. It's where they introduced Robbie Reyes as the new the new Ghost Rider, but he's very different than Johnny Blaze. His origin is very... Di- I mean, he's got the same origin. He dies. But, you know, <laughs> uh, the art in that comic is so cool. It's very, like, warpy, and I love when comics do that. I love art that does that, that kind of plays on perspective and, like, the 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 perspective they use to show that someone was hit they like stretch them out it's like it's a lot of really weird stuff like that but I personally think that's really cool hmm. I know that there are some people that would say you know it's not realistic or whatever but I don't know I feel like art is allowed to like stretch your imagination like that mm-hmm. sounds like the Kamala Khan that I read the way that you're describing it yeah yeah for sure I will also say uh, I went and then went on another rabbit hole because we got we watched the Game Awards. Uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a couple days ago, like a week ago. About a week ago. A week ago. And a video game come, came up that looked really cool. It was a video game for Hellboy. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. thought, wow, this looks really cool. I've always wanted to read Hellboy, so now I'm reading Hellboy. And let me hmm. tell you, those comics are great. They're really, really yeah. good. <laughs> is that an independent? Is it that... is. Okay. Uh, you can you can find it on Comixology if you are looking to figure out where to read it. Okay. Um. Which and most comicsologies have like a thirty day free trial. Um, gotcha. I thought you were going to recommend uh, Bill Clinton. Well, we circle back because I'd recommend Hellboy, and guess who did both of the Hellboy movies? The yeah. ones that we talk about. Bill Clinton. Well, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I watched those, but I remember liking them back in the day. Especially They're the good. second one. They're good. They're Th- good. That's one of those movies that I found out later was based on a comic. Hellboy. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like Blade. I didn't know Blade was a Marvel property. Yeah, and, and they're the later. the Hellboy comics the are Rocketeer. very. They're very dark. They're very. Um, how do I explain it? They've got a lot of. It almost feels like Frank Miller. They're very also understated. They're yeah. very the 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 style the art style is very simple, but in like a cool way. It's very dark and gothic. Simple and clean. Simple and clean. It's the way that you're making me feel tonight. Gorsh. I think it's very cool. Uh, so recommend all three of those. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Huge shout out to our Avengers level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. Come on over to our Patreon exclusive Discord. Listen to all of our bonus episodes. We have quite a few now. We're about to come out with a really special Christmas bonus episode at the end of this month so be on the lookout for that <laughs> if you want to support the show on twitter or email the show assemblyacquiredcast at gmail.com follow the show on twitter at assemblycast you can follow some of us individually at abcdeodward01 philkid3 for Robbie but that's going to do it oh twitch peaches peaches is over at twitch he's doing twitch things if you like twitch go follow peaches twitch.tv slash p-e-a-c-h-3-z it's going to do it for myself for robbie for chris for peaches we love you 3000 bye everybody excelsior bubbly bubbly now i'm not gonna lie it makes no sense to me but here's what earthlings told me about this christmas mystery Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers. He flies to everywhere.
Dad's a master burglar A pro at picking locks If you don't leave milk and cookies out He will put dung in your socks Ho, 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 ho Earthlings are so weird I don't know what Christmas is But Christmas time is here That dear I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Or maybe it's there, but it's somewhere. Zarg nuts. <laughs> <laughs>